Hello, and welcome to Pixels and Ink, episode 312. Uh, yeah, we are CG Magazine's official podcast, and today we are talking about the next gen of consoles in the lead up to what should be E3, but is not this year. Uh, we have a nice pack cast today, and starting off with um, alphabetical order, we have uh, Jordan Biordi. Jordan, how you doing? Wouldn't you be first if you're Alex? I mean, I I, I said it because it was in the order of, of the call I'm seeing, but your last name is Biordi, so it is kind of alphabetical order. Okay, I guess that's true. We'll go last names. Yeah, uh, hi, I'm doing great. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I mean, you're, you're already correcting me, and we are just like 39 seconds in. Well, so you know, to... it's hard to let go of the, the hosting reins when you did it for two weeks in a row, you know? Well, I, I, I can't even imagine the rush that should be going through, but someone who can imagine the rush is uh, Cole Watson. How are you doing, Cole? I'm doing good, Alex. Uh, just been enjoying Halo 2 Anniversary since it launched on Steam, as well as waiting for a package from the mayor of my um, town. Okay, well, we'll get into the mayorship in a few minutes, because that sounds like an interesting story, uh, but not before we introduce our last member of this show right now, and that's Liam Ferguson. How are you doing, Liam? Doing well, doing well. So it's funny because everyone's name is sort of their first name, but because you wrote Liam Ferguson, I had to give your last name out. So um, this is kind of where we're well, at I right mean, now. It's, it's on the website. doesn't matter. Okay. Okay. And it's <laughs> I, not your real last name you anyway. Did you somebody else's last name? I, I might have said Jordan Biorty, but only after yeah. he corrected me. So That's fine. Um, Everyone knows you know. That. Off to a great start, and uh, uh, speaking of great starts, uh, next-gen consoles, the, the, the new Xbox console and the new PlayStation console are set to launch uh, this fall slash winter time, and uh, we've sort of started to get an influx of announcements or, or sort of the start off, and it's a lot of things that I feel like would be announced at E3 or around E3, but are sort of coming out earlier and sort of more like a, a drip as opposed to one big sort of bam thing going on. Yeah, I think like Jeff Keighley's Summer Game Fest is, I I know it started a couple days ago, but I think it's going through till June, like when E3 would actually be held. Oh, really? Till August? August? Yeah, it's it's May to the end of August. So that's interesting because Keighley left E3, he sort of pulled out before the coronavirus thing sort of hit. Um to sort of do his own thing, and that's now Summer Games. So I'm wondering if this was always a plan for him to do Summer Games, because it seems like that. And it's just gotten bigger because there is no E3. So uh, I think Keeley sort of lucked out with that, in that he's getting a lot of people who are like, well, we were going to show off our stuff at E3, but now there's no E3. So, oh, Keeley's doing his Summer Games thing. We should just throw it over there. Yeah, it's weird, like, with e3's direction because that's definitely where he got influenced to break off on his own like he already was doing things with press as it is like judges week uh but now because of the pandemic he has to change strategy uh but him breaking off from e3 was another huge deal because he was always hosting i think it was like the coliseum as well as uh the the youtube live streams yeah yeah he was yeah yeah so uh, I, I'm interested to see where it goes from the couple of days that we've seen so far. Uh, definitely some interesting things with Tony Hawk. Wow. <laughs> Got to bring back that for nostalgia. I, uh, yeah, I have to say. Should have been, been underground. I've never played a Tony Hawk, but the physics did oh. look right. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks like skateboarding. And there was, I, I wasn't expecting when it announced, because when I heard the first game was announced, and me, me and Cole were actually talking about this a bit before, we're like, Tony Hawk, 
doesn't seem like the big flagship title that you want to launch it with. But <laughs> judging by the reaction online, everyone's like, yo, man, this is the game I've been dreaming for. Let, let's bring these games back. The, the best skateboarding experience. And Well, like Xbox is like, Microsoft's really weird with that stuff. Because remember even when they first announced the, uh, the Xbox One X and their like flagship launch thing was Super Lucky's Tale? Yeah. It was kind of like, what, was oh, that the gosh, best choice you could have made? I didn't the greatest platform of all time. The, yeah. And then Xbox One X, the most powerful console in the world. And it's Super Lucky's Tale. Lucky's Tale. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, Super Lucky's Tale, better than Super Mario, just saying. Um, but we're, we're not going to talk about Nintendo yet. Uh, let's, uh, let's, because Xbox has sort of had, they're the first people to sort of do a, uh, full-on game showcase similar to sort of an E3 presentation and whether it lived up to sort of an E3 presentation hype or not I guess that's that's up to people watching it but uh, Liam why don't you tell us about the inside out uh, Xbox event that happened uh, on May 7th yep so this was an event focused purely on third-party games it, this had the side effect of being somewhat underwhelming however it was supposed to be a gameplay showcase it wasn't. <laughs> so let's run through this. <laughs> starting off, we had starting off, we had Bright Memory Infinite, a game made by one Chinese man. Um, nice. So Bright Memory is a tech demo that exists separately on Steam, and I own it. And I just played it, and it is the most psychotically high-end indie title I have ever encountered. Um, what does that mean? It's good, but for goodness sake, don't buy it unless you have at least a mid-level gaming PC. Uh, right for Wait for Bright Memory Infinite, which is going multi-plat. Um, so that had... Technically, gameplay, though I imagine it was all kind of faked. Uh, yeah, it, it, for so, me, it was actually the most impressive game that they showed in that showcase. Same, mm -hmm. but that's kind of because I knew what Bright Memory was. But going going into it, like, were were your expectations for it that it was going to be like we're going to see some bit big third party publishers? Because it basically was an indie showcase for Xbox titles or, or or that's what it really felt like. It was and bordering they on indie. Like it was like Yeah. The, like the Ubisoft Hold on, let me just look through this. Like Ubisoft was the only big triple A thing here. I guess you could make oh, it was really just Assassin's Creed and everything else was double A at best or just straight up indie. And not 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 to diminish well, like double A or, or or indie games, yeah. but yeah, well, sports games are. It's hard to get excited for sports games unless they do something insane, because you know the year on year thing is mostly a roster switch and a bit of uh, graphical upgrade. But I I think the expectations were sort of the issue with with this Xbox thing, where you know we're going to learn about things that are going to run on the Xbox new one. Which when I think of that, I'm like, okay, these graphics are going to be really cool. And when you start off with things that aren't sort of AAA or at least uh, have big development teams that are working on it, it can be hard to sort of get that, get people excited for the console, even though you're showing a ton of games. Yeah, yeah like the it was, it was always I the messaging forward that they put. No problem, Liam. 
it, it was always the messaging that they put forward for that showcase of like first uh, first gameplay reveal of uh, Series X. So it got everyone to tune in, but it, it just wasn't that showcase. And then like immediately from the start, they're saying, no, the real showcase you want to tune in is in July when we show all the first parties. July. Right. Right. Which sort of sets the expectation, but it sort of sets the expectations once people are already watching the thing and they're like, oh, I, I, I was hoping to see some more stuff, uh, you know, bigger stuff that I already heard about or series that I'm excited about um, as opposed to a slew of games. But uh, Liam, because you watched it, and you, I, I guess you know a lot about the presentation. Well, what, what were your sort of standouts for it? Because um, I know that there were a lot there. Um, no games there. I had three standouts. The first okay. one was Bright Memory Infinite because I know what Bright Memory is and I already own it. Nice. The second was Scarlet Nexus, though I have no idea whether that's going to be good or not. Scarlet Nexus is the Bandai Namco Entertainment game. It's the only one that looked like an anime game. Um, <laughs> Zero and... out of ten. They only had one anime <laughs> game. Come on, Xbox. Yes. Yes. Well, I mean, that's that's just Xbox for you. Uh, <laughs> ever, ever since 360. Um, and the third one was Yakuza 7, which is out on PlayStation yeah. 4 in Japan. Oh. Um, Yakuza 7, a.k.a. Yakuza Like a Dragon, is a turn-based RPG, which was actively hidden from the audience in this presentation. We got to see a little bit of gameplay during the interview with the director or producer, I can't remember, and they just ripped the HUD out and just showed attacks. That's, yeah, that, that's interesting, because I, I, I had no idea that it actually was a, t a turn-based um, RPG. Yeah, uh, I was just like, why... oh, like a, a new Yakuza game, which is cool. Yeah, the reason why some of the stuff in that trailer looked like so psychotic and supernatural is because it battles take place partially inside the main character's head. So they just so they went absolutely insane with everything. Well, that's very yakuza. I mean, like it's 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 but it's a I series mean, that really normal. <laughs> Where is oh, yeah, it? We got satellite cannons now and huge, <laughs> giant crabs. Like, uh, oh, those so, weren't so... giant. That was normal sized. <laughs> Normal sized crabs, my favorite. Uh, yeah, well, it's, it looks like it's going to continue the the Yakuza spirit of being a lot of fun and sort of really out there, which which is good. Um, yep. And yeah, it's. I guess, like we said, it's the expectations for the Xbox thing, and they've also sh they also had the um, thing where they showed off the console and sort of the specs and everything, right? That was not in or this. Was... I don't. Although, think like, that it, was this in conference. previous, like like we've had. We know that I think now. That like, was in the last Inside Xbox where they had mm -hmm. guests over, I think. Yeah. So there's been like a slow dribble of sort of content that and leading to sort of the summer and everything. Um, but we we know a lot more about the Xbox, the, the new Xbox console than we do about the PlayStation 5. But I think that that's working on the PlayStation 5's uh, advantage. And I feel cool. like I know a lot about the PlayStation 5, but that listening to people what does it look really like like no tech. one knows I yeah no one knows what it looks like i've heard what's oh inside that's of it, all that matters amazing. who cares how it plays <laughs> no it, it, you just said how it looked 
you can't just say how it looked and then how it plays. I know how it plays. It's okay. got an SSD in there. <laughs> the guy from Epic said it's gonna be the strongest box releasing by the end of this year, and I believe him. That SSD I mean, is it, it's and they've they have made a concerted effort to listen to developers and ensure that the PlayStation 5 can use the full power of the SSD and be like what was it 20 like 18% faster than the Xbox Series X or at least something that's been ballpark so far either way even if the Xbox Series X has a power advantage, I believe that the PlayStation 5 will have a speed advantage. And for certain games, and because of how powerful both of them are compared to current-gen consoles, it's going to be real significant. Yeah, but Can it, you I take mean, it off the TV and play it on the toilet? Jordan, <laughs> yes, you can. I, then, I, okay, okay. Then, then, then you know what? Then it's a game-changer, baby. <laughs> I mean, you can uh, you can plug in your TV in your bathroom. Just get more. Just get more. You know, just buy like five PlayStation Fives. Put them in all your bathrooms. I don't know if you have five bathrooms. If you have five bathrooms, I mean, congratulations. Yes, I'm one of those uh, extravagant men who has five bath. I have a bathroom for every kitchen. (laughs) A bathroom for every PlayStation Five that I've already pre-ordered. Yeah. Uh, but Cole, so as much as Xbox has had their inside Xbox, uh, PlayStation's sort of taken a, a different approach. In the last week, they've gotten a lot of hype, but sort of in a different kind of way. Can you get into that? <laughs> yeah, so uh, yesterday or the day before, I completely forget now because I lose time. track of time with this pandemic. Um, uh, during uh, Jeff's Summer Game Fest for that, for that evening, uh, the team from Epic uh, came on and they showcased a new Unreal Engine 5 demo running uh, in-engine on yeah, PlayStation 5. Oh, it was really running. If you look at it, you can you can see the frame drops. You can feel it. You can feel it. <laughs> I, you know what, Liam? I just, I've been lied to so many times by the game industry about like what is quote-unquote like real tech running real graphics. And I just, I, I don't have it in my being to believe it anymore. That's fair, but I took a close look at that, and there were points where it looked pretty real, as in bad. Pretty real. PlayStation <laughs> Five. Look at the soon. original trailer for Watch Dogs, and look how that turned out. Yeah, uh, like the point of tech demos is obviously that you wanna you wanna showcase the best the hardware can be, but it puts it to its limits. Mm-hmm. And yep. are developers really gonna reach that kind of graphical fidelity? We won't even see anything close to that for at least another two years until that engine actually releases. Right, because yep. that's that's next year they're they're launching, all right? Uh, yeah, and uh, it, it's doing a lot of interesting things. Uh, so the the first one that they primarily wanted to focus on was scalability. That they wanted it so that uh, you that developers can import the highest quality assets, and like we saw in the demo with like that statue and everything, that was like full film quality uh, uh, <laughs> full film quality graphics full film uh, quality quality exactly I can't yeah. talk <laughs> <laughs> full quality, but, uh, quality yeah but uh, the, the way it takes advantage of the SSD is that the SSD is using its read speed and its seek speed to bring everything 
uh, into the environment at once. That way you don't have loading. That way you don't have pop-in. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how devs really take advantage of that stuff. Uh, another big feature that uh, was a takeaway for me was the lighting. Uh, mm -hmm. For this, they were using, I think they called their technology Nanite for this. Uh, and it's so. it's separate from ray tracing. Yeah, it's separate from ray tracing, which is an interesting one, because that's a, a new feature that's going to be featured with the uh, the upcoming consoles and the new AMD GPUs inside them. But uh, ray tracing is a very taxing system. It's basically that the GPU is uh, automatically filtering the light. It's not that the devs have put in like a light map. It's that the graphics card is working while it's uh, displaying all of the game stuff. It's also working to basically program where that light should be hitting as you adjust the camera and stuff. But right now, even on like uh, the, the most powerful graphics cards out there right now, the uh, RTX 2080 Ti, when you turn ray tracing on, you're essentially having your frame rate. Right. It's that much of a taxing system right now. But uh, the new AMD GPUs that are going to be featured in the new consoles, this is uh, after a year of just relying on NVIDIA's current cores. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, how ray tracing performance actually improves as well. Yeah, and it's gonna it's interesting because I mean these consoles are launching basically on the promise or the idea or like the reason to get excited about these consoles is the graphical fidelity, right? And I, I think the fact is that when they do launch, very few games are going to be making that much of a of a leap in in terms of how graphics look. I mean, it's going to be a little cleaner. It's definitely more, a more powerful device than you know the Xbox One X and, and even PlayStation Four Pro, but until they've had people and until developers have had actual time to sort of use these new things including you know unreal unreal 5 it's it's not going to be that big graphically so i wonder if sales are going to be a bit slow out of the gate because it's not that big of a jump that you'll see in game right away i mean like i don't call me crazy but even because i was watching crazy. that un okay <laughs> god we got that settled though. Um, <laughs> nice <laughs> no, but like I was watching that the Unreal uh, Five like demo, and like maybe I'm just like an old man, and it just doesn't like you know my 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 old brain can't process this anymore. But like it really didn't look that much better than like most of the games we have currently. Like I so like I just I kind of feel like these consoles that that are like selling themselves on this idea of this like heightened graphic fidelity which a lot of consoles have done pretty like almost every console kind of like sells them on this idea but then like 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 i was saying like no and like you guys were saying too like no game really comes out and ever achieves that idea of like oh my god look at this quote unquote like photo realistic game like and the games that tend on a dark secret of the game industry graphics are a waste of time yet an wow. old style okay uh liam and jordan's opinions do not um just showcase the opinions of cgmagonline.com well, except for the articles they write and the exactly podcast was, that they're part of what i was gonna say I'm, I'm glad liam brought it up like it's like games that actually focus on having like unique art styles and art direction like end up taking advantage more of like what you know supposed graphic capability these consoles have over these games that look like 
like what was supposedly in that Unreal 5 demo. Like, Well, I think that Unreal 5 demo, it, I mean, it's interesting because if you're looking at sort of gameplay wise or just like um, in terms of where they were, it was, it felt like a Tomb Raider game or an exploration or an Uncharted because it's, it's a place we've seen a lot of, but personally for me, it felt a lot more, and to use Cole's word from before, it felt more cinematic and it felt, yeah, but there was this weird feeling where I was like, oh, well, this, this actually looks very close to what I'd see in a movie. And I think that, uh, it, it did a good job. And, and their, their talk of triangles was like, okay, triangles, 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 triangles. But when you look at it, it's like, this looks really good for a video game system. It's not a, a leap that's like insane where it's like, oh my gosh, I can't even like, is this real life or is this uh, fake? But uh, there were times where you're looking at the lighting of the, of the cliffs and stuff. And you're like, this just looks like real cliffs and stuff. And it looks really cool. Um, well, like, so it'd be interesting like, to see how that how that works out. What, having having just kind of come off playing um, the like Spider Man on the PS4, like that in in the, in a lot of those like cutscenes and QTEs, like it like in terms of like you know the like the dynamism of the scene, the fluidity, even like like a lot of the dynamic lighting and stuff that's going on like within the city itself, like it looks it looked to me like almost as good. Like I like watching those the watching that trailer and then like in my own mind thinking about like. The, the time I just spent with Spider-Man, it was like, this This really doesn't look better to me. Like, like with some a lot of the scenes and a lot of, like, the action set pieces that have been set up in that game, like, it looks just as good. And even just thinking to, about games like like God of War or Uncharted 4, like, those games had so many good, like, like near-cinematic action sequences that featured a lot of, like, dynamic landscapes and, like, crazy action pieces and, like, you know, and lighting devices and all kinds of stuff like that. Like, so it really, like... Like it doesn't, it doesn't feel it to me like any like grand leap has been made to like sell a console on. Like now, I don't know. Like like you were saying, like if this is just like they're just trying to get this stuff out because you know because of these uncertain times, we don't really know for sure if if we're gonna have some semblance of an E three this year. So people are maybe waiting. Like companies are waiting to to announce like big uh, like first party titles to have their systems on, but like. Who can say? I mean, it just it just doesn't seem all that impressive to me. Well, I guess I can put it into context. Is that uh, using Spider-Man as the example again, uh, Jordan? Do you notice that when you're swinging around the city, that constantly things are popping in, like trees, uh, windows, and their reflections? You can see Not that really, things no. really. No, that's because, the difference that I can see. Because mm-hmm. I think maybe maybe it's just me, like like the way it's it's set up or the way like that it's that it's sort of unfolding as you're swinging is that it does such a good job of sort of like blending that like the stuff oh. that's going on in like in the the background and foreground but like more like the uh the, you know the the uh, and i hesitate to use this word because it's so cliche but like the feeling of the swing and like how much is sort of happening all at once that like the speed of which the, the which the game is moving, like you don't really pay attention to those little like oh like you know a tree kind of phased in or like you know it took a, like half a second to load a texture on a on a window like all that stuff is very minute right because the minute that you actually stop swinging and land on a perch or something and actually look at the city around you like it's so like incredibly detailed that like at that point anything that might have happened in the midst of the swing doesn't really matter. Yes, but I'm just saying that this is the kind of next-gen leap. It's not going to be like a huge one in graphics like you're saying. I agree with you there. It's that 
we're going to be eliminating a lot of that stuff of like oh, okay, little okay. in the distance and okay yeah, yeah, yeah. times yeah. sorry yeah i was I, it, it just took, it took me a second just to clue into like what you were saying yeah but uh yeah is that with next gen it's very much performance based i think it's going to be eliminating load times it's going to be uh, longer draw distances and not seeing a lot of low poly stuff in the distance. It's going to be much more fluent and trying to bring you more immersion. Closer to the game is obviously the marketing speak, but it, that's kind of, uh, I, I feel like that is the next gen thing that they're aiming for. Yeah. And, it is, and it's interesting because the amount of buzz that the PlayStation 5 got from just being mentioned in that thing, being like, oh, this is running on a PlayStation 5. Which honestly, they probably could have said, "Oh, this is running on an Xbox One," because you know, we, we don't really know how they're going to run when it all comes down to it. But pretty similar, both beefy consoles. But PlayStation hasn't really had to do a big presentation where they haven't showed off their console yet. But they're already getting this buzz because they're like, "Wow, you know what? That console has a lot of triangles in it. We like triangles, and we're excited for next gen." And it's still mysterious. So I feel like PlayStation has a nice hype going on right now because they haven't revealed all that much about their console. Other than we know it's powerful, other than we know we see a controller, as opposed to Xbox, who's like, this is what you're getting, we're showing you a lot of stuff, and it's uh, interesting to have those two different sort of um, ways to ways to approach an, uh, an X-Gen console launch. But neither of them are going to have Deadly Premonition 2, so... Who says? I mean, that's... We yeah, don't know the full launch lineup. All right, someone clip that. So when Deadly Premonition launches to a two of those consoles, <laughs> we can get back to that. But we also have one more. So Nintendo's probably, I don't know, maybe they're going to launch a new Switch model. Who knows? That's been a rumor for a long time. But in their lead up to E3, uh, they've kind of been, you know, handing out updates to things like Super Mario Maker, um, giving a little Animal Crossing events and stuff. And today, on the day that we're recording this, they're just like, oh, yeah, here's a game. It's coming out in a month. Yeah, Nintendo's been really good uh, about, like, stuff like that with, you know, like, sort of, like, drip-feeding content to, like, players over over periods of time to sort of keep them invested in the games themselves. Like, you know, what, and, like, and we still have, uh, you know, a potential, like, new roster of characters for Smash Bros. Like, there's still, like, you know, the, the, the Pokemon add-ons that are happening. So, like, you know, Nintendo's always been really great at sort of, like, mitigating their like console life and kind of getting the most value out of their console. Like, I mean, if you like, if you kind of look back at the Wii U, like as much as a, of a failure as that thing was, like they were able to keep that thing alive for almost the entire span of a console generation, just through like first party launches and like updates and stuff like that. So like yeah. the Nintendo, I think put themselves in a really good position with the switch because it's it was such a unique like idea and it's such a versatile console that like realistically they really didn't need to start thinking of like okay now how are we gonna like one up this like the switch came out and in that same time frame like the ps4 got an update and so did the xbox and neither one of them could like match like the switches like sort of like uh uh you know accessibility and the Switch like continue to be like a like a uh, a faster selling console than like any of those. So I, yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I, I'm just, it's just interesting because I, I was looking up how long the Wii U was around, and it was around for five years. Yeah. And the Switch has already been around for three years, and I I think 
a good uh, life cycle is like seven years. So we yeah, was definitely on the, on the lower end, but it was also like sort of impressive that it got to five years because it was a it was it was it was chugging along there for sure. Oh, big time! But th- like I said, Nintendo was keeping it alive basically like by themselves, right? All like third parties more or less punked out on the on the Wii U, and it was just like every. Every couple of months, it's like, okay, here's a Mario. Here's, a, you know, a, a Zelda remake. Here's a new Donkey Kong. Here's a new Kirby. Here's a new Smash Bros. Like, I think that they, they just, learned a lot of things in the, in, the, in the Wii U era that the, it, it's gone nicely into the Switch era where, you oh, know, we, we got a strong launch where it was like, here's Zelda. And, you know, Zelda's going to take you a few months of time, but we'll give you Mario Kart in May and we'll keep going. And, um, and I also I, I also think they're kind of lucky, though, because, I mean, I mean, no one really knew what COVID was going to bring. But the yeah. fact that they got Animal Crossing launched and it became the phenomenon where it sold 11 million copies in like 11 days, I, I think is the stat. Um, they, I think, can afford to sort of be like, okay, nothing else really big is has come out since Animal Crossing for Nintendo viewers. And I mean, yeah, you have some, you know, remasters of uh, Wonderful 101, but that was more of a Kickstarter thing and, yeah. and what have you. So uh, they lucked out with Animal Crossing and they're doing well as a result. And they also apparently, you know, like well, I mean- throwing out Mario... Uh, Paper Mario worked well too. So, yeah, like, well, like, n- but not only that, like, even, even, uh, just like from, from like, o- like last year almost, like, they have so many things that are still like coming down the pipes that are still like set to launch. Like, like I said, Deadly Premonition, which, you know, love it or hate it, it's, it's a cult classic, but like, you know, it does have kind of a, of a, of a, of a reasonable size like following behind it. And the fact that it's getting kind of a Switch exclusive launch is like, uh, sort of a, a weird, like, cool thing. You know, it's got Xenoblade Chronicles, uh, like, remake uh, in the pipes. It's got, you know, the, um, the like, the Borderlands and uh, Bioshock collection coming soon. Like, and yeah, those are, those are just re-releases, but still, like, those are kind of, like, cool things to have um, on the Switch. But then, you know, here comes uh, Bravely Default 2 is happening. And, like, uh, that's about all I can think of right now. <laughs> Well, you got I'm still open for that no SMT game. No more heroes, yeah. No, no more heroes. Three yeah. is on the is on the slate now. Yeah, now Paper yeah. Mario is right around the corner. Like, um, and, and then it's, there's it's all the things we... that we don't know the dates for. Right, because there yeah. is no there is no big games right now. I mean, sure we have all those, but th- those aren't like those are not system sellers. Uh, no offense to Deadly Premonition two fans or Bradley Default 2 fans. I mean, I, I feel like they're games that you have a console and you're like, okay, I'm going to check this out. It's been really well reviewed. But we don't know what's happening in fall or winter. And because of COVID, we don't really know if that's been affected. We know that Nintendo's E3 presentation was, or quote unquote E3 presentation, their June Direct was delayed sort of indefinitely. We don't know when it's been moved to, um, which is why I was sort of surprised that they throw Paper Mario. And I think it might be a matter of sort of taking over the the sort of discussion around the Nintendo right now where they're like, oh, uh, like, you, we can throw this out now because something's been delayed. Nintendo, Nintendo uh, actually very recently, it might have been in that investor's report, I can't remember, but through some channel, they said that their subsidiaries and partners didn't need to wait for them to uh, have their next Nintendo Direct at the end of summer. Um, oh yeah, yeah. They can just uh, announce things whenever they want, and that's what this Paper Mario thing was. Yeah, uh, I hadn't heard about that, but I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Like, I think, I think one of the things about uh, like Nintendo as a as like a console, and I think something that like, and it's it's sort of perpetuated by like the the more like 
worse examples of Nintendo fans is that like because Nintendo has such a strong lineup of uh, first party titles and they have such like a pedigree in the industry that like people genuinely expect like a new Nintendo game like every like couple of months or like a year like you cannot get on like I it wasn't honestly it wasn't even like that long ago that I got on Reddit and like one of the discussion posts in the like the R Nintendo section was like it's been three years since Mario Odyssey where's the <laughs> sequel like it's like it, 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 do we need a sequel three years after Odyssey like I feel like you could you know wait like it's fine it doesn't need to be a, a new Mario every year like <laughs> but that's kind yeah. of the idea so like so like yeah like you know the, like the idea that they would have totally brand new first party IPs just all like completely lined up to like ready to dominate the rest of the year is like a little naive but like they already have a lot of stuff like on the plate you know what i mean like there's still like so much coming out on the switch that it's like you're really not missing out like you know it's not to say that like like to to that you know yeah like deadly premonition 2 probably isn't going to be a system seller unless unless you're really that big of a fan and you don't have a switch yet but it's just like like there's already so much stuff to justify owning a switch now that Mm -hmm. it's like like anything that comes out like that's either like cult or like extra is just like it's just icing on the cake at this point I, I think that though the issue is with the new consoles launching, you have to have people buying Switches this holiday season. And as much as there are things right now that are exciting, you're like, oh my gosh, Like if you look at the staple of games on the Switch in three years, it's amazing. But people need new stuff. They need stuff that like, oh, well, is Metroid coming next year? They need stuff to look forward to. And right now, Nintendo's sort of uh, you know Wait. communication about the bat- latter half of next year of, of this year and the next year, it's not there yet. I don't think like I, I think they're going to talk about it this summer, and it'll get people excited. But as it stands now, it's sort of like, great, Animal Crossing is doing well, great, we're getting Paper Mario. But I want to know what we can look forward to past the the various DLCs and and cult classic games. But but like just to just to you know elaborate on that, um, like I think like the idea that one of the things I think Nintendo actually has done really well, especially with the switch is like their like increased focus on advertising. So like any person that doesn't already have a switch, like isn't going to be looking at it like, Hmm, like what are the new games that are out on switch? Because Nintendo is doing like, does such a good job or especially around the holidays of being like, Hey, buy a switch. We've got Mario party and we've got Mario Kart and all these like fun games for the family. And then like, once you have one, you have one, but for like guys like, like us who already have one, it's just like, okay, yeah, like, you know, I can, I, I, I'm willing to wait for stuff. Like, I don't need to be like, you know, constantly fed Zeldas and Marios, but like, you know, there's lots of stuff. You got like Bravely, Bravely Default's coming and like, you I, know. I, I, I hear that. I understand that. But because console launches happen every five or six, like it, it's such an event that it just gets people excited regardless. Like once that console hits, it's like Microsoft and Sony are going to be, they're going to have the limelight and Nintendo needs to have new games to do that. Otherwise, you know, well, it's they're going to be left behind, and the whole thing about graphics and stuff. So, I I think they're going to announce stuff coming there, and I think that they need to if they want to keep the momentum where they're selling, you know, eleven million copies of a game in eleven days. I don't, I don't, I don't disagree with you entirely, but like, I I feel like that that kind of like that line of thinking, uh, like specifically is like targeted towards like gamers like us, like the average person 
isn't going to give a crap about like the new Xbox or like the, you know, just because of like the graphic capability or like, because it has a new halo, right? Like, like they're the best target for i mean people are really excited about the new like i i know i know a ton of people are like oh my god the new playstation 5 no like not not gamers just like you know regular human folk uh (laughs) you know like a new console launch is an exciting thing and it's an opportunity for those and if i they they need to nintendo needs to have things that are exciting that'll make the switch exciting because when you launch a new console there's so much hope and like so much potential that people get sort of buy into that. They're like, you know what, this is exciting and getting it on the ground floor. And if they want to keep switches selling, they need to have games. I, I don't know. I just, I feel like history, like the past three years have sort of like belayed that whole idea because they've been doing just fine. (laughs) Because they've been releasing games, big games every year. And they just need to keep that momentum going. Cause if they stop that, they can get lost. Game a year. It's not like they have like a new, like, and it's not even like 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 who would have thought? I mean, yeah, Animal Crossing came at the right exactly the right time, but I mean, like, Animal Crossing is not a, really a, a system mover. Like, oh, the 3DS, yeah, it, it became a system mover on the 3DS, where it was like the biggest game on on that system kind of thing, other than other than Pokemon's and stuff. Oh, I thought okay, Jordan, I, I, I think we agree, there. but I'm just saying <laughs> like they need to keep this momentum yeah, going if they want to keep the switch going. Like, I, I, I'm just saying like a, a console launch is nothing to snuff about if, you, if you're kinda... Nintendo. You, you need to get I, up there. I honestly, uh, you know, but to, to sort of think positively, I, I honestly feel like um, the Zelda Breath of the Wild sequel will probably come by like Christmas time. Oof. Oh, for this year. I, I, I think next Christmas. But again, Christmas, they're already, they're speculation. Already, they're working off the same like, uh, All like right. groundwork that they had in this like, Christmas. Same... Then that is the exact single reason why they can't show a Nintendo Direct in June because that's well, not COVID. ready to be shown yet. That's Only I don't know if like, that is this year. From what I've heard, like that like apparently like they're they're using the exact same map that was in the original Breath of the Wild. Like it's just gonna be like they're, said, like there's yes. gonna be like like different elements and stuff to it, but like it's you know so they're working off the same foundation of the game. So it's like a lot of the groundwork has already been laid for that game, right? Like I don't I feel like there probably won't advance the combat system all that much too because zelda's combat is zelda's combat but like there's a lot of excitement for next gen and uh, we're just about approaching the end of our time uh just talking about it do you guys have any last thoughts before we hop into our next segment consume products um, <laughs> oh hell yeah i can get behind <laughs> that Never consuming. So, speaking of nintendo how about that paper mario Oh, uh, it looks so, cute. It's got it's got origami. I mean, I uh, I like. I've never okay. really been a Paper Mario fan, so it's it's cool. Whatever. Uh, I like. Step I, aside for the Paper Mario fans to take the floor. Oh, buddy. yeah. You know what? Okay. Uh, you have thirty want, seconds each. Thirty seconds. I don't want right. to. I don't want to go on too much of a ramble. It looks it looks interesting. I'm one of the few people who really think there hasn't been a bad Paper Mario. Um, Color Splash was a bit on the lower end for me, but that you know it still had a lot of like charm and heart to it. Um, the thing that really upsets me the most is just the wave of people who are coming out looking at this like, like yes, it's not Sticker Star. It's just like, like every friggin' Paper Mario announcement, it has to be. Like, yet. <laughs> you know what? I yeah, I, I'm interested to see how the combat works. It looks like it's going to be very more like puzzle solving, like the way you have to like turn the wheel and line up guys. Like it looks, it looks more like like mobile focused. Like it's more yes. like. 
designed to be played in like handheld and fa- like in, in faster environments. But like just yes, just the amount of people better, doesn't it? Doesn't look better. It looks yeah. okay. Um, but again, wow. like the amount of people who rush out to just crap all over Sticker Star because they don't understand Sticker Star. I don't, I don't understand Sticker Star, and that's I'll why explain, I hate I'll it. Explain it to you uh, later. Okay, cool. <laughs> well, thanks a lot, guys, for coming on this first segment. And thank you, Liam. Uh, we're, we're doing a bit of a, a substitution. Liam has brought his Xbox knowledge and his video game knowledge, but he has to go. Ironically, and, Xbox is not and, the console I own. Well, this now everything you've said has been invalidated, you, you but we'll cut that out. World, no, we won't. Uh, where, where can people find you, Liam, on the social well, medias if you're on People them. can find me at uh, on... Twitter at hold on. This is good suspense. Sorry, really Twitter suspense. at Rogue M Clone. Nice. You can also find me on CG Magazine writing articles every once in a while. Um, I've heard of that website. They're pretty good. Yeah, That's good stuff. I <laughs> posted a Trials of Mana review up recently. Nice. So check out uh, Liam's trials, a minor review, and all his other stuff. Liam, thanks for coming by the show. And Thank when we come back me. from this break, thanks a lot, we will talk about collectibles. So hold on, or if you don't like collectibles, hold on. And we're back from that very exciting break. I hope you had a fun break, did some fun stuff. Um, but we're back to talk about collectibles. And Liam, he left. He could not take the excitement of talking about collectibles. And in his place, uh, replacing him, um is Lindsay. Hi Lindsay, how you doing? Hello, I'm well. Thanks for asking. Hey, are you I oh no one's ever asked me that. You know, I asked Jordan, I asked Cole, I asked Liam, and they never I, no one knows. But I'm doing great. I'm happy happy to finally be talking about collectibles because I think we brought it up like three weeks ago and then I think so, you know, yeah. Stuff happens, but I had stuff ready to go. Um Ooh. and yeah, and Jordan and Cole are still here. Isn't that right, Jordan and Cole? Of course. Wow. Very exciting, but yeah, you know, we're we're all stuck inside. Um, hopefully, not hopefully. I mean, just you know, yes. Quarantine's not great, but also respect it, kind of thing. Um, yeah. so you know, we're stuck inside, and we want to look at pretty things. And I'm hoping that we have collectibles to look at, which is sort of my my way of sort of bringing up the topic of of collectibles and everything. So I sort of wanted to make this like a book club kind of thing, where we talk about collectibles and sort of our experiences with them. And just sort of go around the virtual table with that. Um, so I guess the first thing is, uh, what's what, what kind of stuff stuff do you collect? And Lindsay, since you're newest here, uh, we'll start with you. <laughs> Ooh, exciting! Um, I collect um, bear bricks and kid robots quite religiously. I'm a big fan of both. Uh, yeah, if there's a yeah, if there's a cool bear brick that's at all kind of related to a fandom that I enjoy i will do anything to get it and i'm very prideful about my collection so yeah bear bricks what is a bear brick so bear bricks are they're by a company called medicom it's a japanese company i believe and yeah. their whole thing is that they make um well they make a few different things but their their i guess flagship item is this bear shape and um they release them a few different ways there are certain standalones and one-offs Uh, There's collections that come in uh, blind boxes, which basically mean you don't know what you're going to get, that are small. um, And they uh, will basically put characters, art, 
certain themes on this one specific bear shape. So they have a few other things. They have a thing called a Kubrick, which are just any shape. And they've got uh, bunny-shaped ones, but their flagship is the bear brick. So they're all bear shapes. So I have every bear-shaped Joker toy you can imagine. Um, and their most popular ones, I believe, are their 100%, which are little tiny guys um, that you could stack up a lot of. And then they have these things called 400% that are bigger. I guess they're, I don't know. I'm not good at sizes. They are the size of a teddy bear, I guess, but they're hard plastic <laughs> or metal. Um, there are 200% which fall somewhere in the middle, but they're a lot more rare. And then there's thousand percents, which are like those big ones that you might see poking around like Drake's house or at sneaker shops or... Um, or Drake sneaker shop. Yeah, yeah. Drake sneaker shops <laughs> or those like... Pharrell made them really popular when he started putting the Daft Punk, one, Daft Punk ones in the windows of his Billionaire Boys Club short stores. Um they were famously, weirdly, all over uh, Dr. Phil's son's house when the listing went live. <laughs> and I was like, wow. oh, no, I have things in common with Dr. Phil's weird son. Um, but, yeah. So if you ever see these, like, giant bear-shaped plastic things painted like Terminator, that's a bear brick. Yeah, I've definitely seen these before, but never knew that what they were in, in, in name and uh, sort of bear brick. I think I saw some at Disney World. And just sort of oh, all over my. Maybe. Yeah, Are they all yeah. licensed characters? Yeah. So not. So there's a. There's. There's so many. It's not. Um, it's not the same as like Funko, where it's just like every character. Like they're much more like we're working with this artist to paint one that we're gonna make, you know, a collection of or something like that. Um, and then there are some licensed characters. So usually in like they're on, I believe, like series like 30-ish. So in a series, there's usually like three or four licensed characters out of like 20. So like right. in the most recent collection, there was a Harley Quinn that looked like the Birds of Prey Harley Quinn. So that was like on a, like, a licensed one. There's a Terminator, the T-800 from the most recent Terminator movie. Um, so there's like always like a couple like that, a couple characters in there. So there was a Joker, I believe, two collections ago. Um so yeah, there'll be like licensed familiar characters there, but like a lot of them are just like art. Right. Nice. Yeah. yeah, I've seen some like Andy Warhol stuff. Yeah, the Warhol <laughs> ones and Kid Robot also makes Warhol ones, um, which you've probably seen more. And they have this dunny shape, which is like a football shaped head with two antennae. Um, and there's a lot of Warhol dunnies around that are very, very cool. Cool. Yeah. And so are these, I mean, we're talking about collectibles and are, are these things where there's a limited supply of every run and they're hard to get, or is it more like a, if you want it, you can kind of get it? No, there are limited. So everyone is a bit different. So in collections, they all have different odds. So when they release a blind box collection, um, and I'm going to get these numbers wrong, but say a case has 25, they'll be like, this one is three and 25. This is one in 25, things like that. So certain ones are rarer than others. And then there's always mm. one called a chase, which isn't listed and shows up in like every five or 10 cases. I actually don't know what the odds are. Um, yeah. and those ones are more rare. And then, so there's like a huge resale market because you don't know what you're going to get in your blind boxes. So there's always like the resale of like, you know, do you want to pay twice as much, but you know, you're going to get the one you want and the chases are always more. And then there's certain individual ones that are super rare. There's certain like hand painted ones that are super rare. Like again, famously the Daft Punk ones are very rare and hard to find. And there's a few different uh, collections now. So like there is that whole like market where you look up like the value of the bare bricks that you have and 
you know, how rare and hard they are to find. And I like famously rip my boxes open. I don't care because I have no intention of ever reselling them. So I just like shred Damn. the box immediately. So the, hey, store I get, <laughs> the store I get most of mine from, the guy always like the owner of the store works at a store like an hour away. But there's another he's another store really close to me. And he's always like, when you're picking your stuff up, can you let me know so I can make sure I'm in the downtown store? Because he wants to like see it unboxed because he knows that I'm going to do that. <laughs> And like everyone else like brings everything home on the wall pristine is where I'm like mitts in there like cutting the tape like who cares we've never seen it out of a box yeah There's, like 30 people like surrounding you what yeah. does the back of like, the figure look joke. like he like Jeez. asked if one of his employees could come by to see my shelf because he hadn't seen any of them unboxed and I'm like yeah no problem <laughs> do they shine or is that just the box yeah I'm like wow. yeah I'm gonna rip it open you can see the whole back <laughs> oh my gosh it has a oh my gosh at one side Uh, they're like oh my god that's what it really looks like at the other side they're seeing Lindsay ripping like oh god the value (laughs) (laughs) no i think he's just like hyped because so many of like the really rare ones he's he gets dibs on everything right like he's the store owner but he knows like if he keeps them all he's gonna not make any money so he always is giving away the most rare ones and it like hurts him physically so then the idea that he can be the rare ones out of the box is like very exciting and i'm like I'm and happy. he knows it won't be on ebay and it's like yeah. there, there's there's that peace of mind true that's true too yeah like they are going to <laughs> stay here my like pride and joy and i could probably say that about like half of mine but i was at this i was at fan expo actually and there was um this toy store and he had this bin of like just stuff for sale like it was just like just stuff for a couple bucks so i was just like waiting around while my friend was browsing and i went through and i found this two pack of uhura and captain kirk that i'd been like trying to find forever <laughs> and i was like hey man like what do you want for this and he was like i don't know like two or three bucks and like my whole body was just shrieking <laughs> and i was like i can't do it like i couldn't do it to the guy so i was like no like i don't know if you know what you have <laughs> i was like i don't know if you know what you have here and like i really can't in good conscience take this from you for like a few bucks and he was like i honestly don't care and like i gave him, like USD. two more chances of like are you sure like maybe you want to like look it up really quickly and he was like no, I legit don't care and i was like okay dude and like they are just like oh they're right up front right there right beside spock oh my god damn Oof. he googled like, it later and he was just like no, no. Okay, I, him every chance. I was like <laughs> like eventually yeah. i just was like you know what okay dude your choice <laughs> yeah I'm, i i'm impressed that you had those shakes where you're like oh my god what a deal and you were still like no i couldn't sir that's worth a lot <laughs> more money i was like i don't know if you know what you have here man and he was like i seriously don't care because i guess he doesn't sell bear bricks any other time he probably got them at right. like some like estate sale like who even knows and he probably like has like no intention of like putting it on his website or like whatever he was just like i don't yeah. care i don't want it and i was like okay man here's some yeah he doesn't change. he doesn't want to know yeah it was like <laughs> a right. huge get i'm very excited about it that's yeah. cool yeah. yeah. Yay. Uh, Jordan Biordi, do you collect anything other than uh, Nintendo's approval? Um, <laughs> no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you looked around my room, you would probably uh, agree with that. It's just like amiibos everywhere. Um, Xbox uh, One's everywhere, yeah. Xbox, yes, beside all my <laughs> Xbox Ones. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Amiibos. Oof. Well, what you a know, time. Um, I, I used to I actually used to collect stuff uh, quite a bit, but then I had like kind of like a great purge of like all these collectibles that um, 
that like I, I knew I wasn't going to really be able to keep in like the long term because like once, you know, I, I, I'm in my own place, like I'm just not going to have like space for it. And, you know, my, my partner is probably not going to be like super thrilled, but all this like crap everywhere. Um, I think was it the, I like I because I I I've always had a I've always had a penchant for statues. I've always loved like statues. Kind of why I love the amiibos as much as I do, just because they're like cool little statues to have around uh, your room. Um, I remember the like it was the very first fan expo that I went to. It was like the first thing I ever bought was this big statue of uh, guts from Berserk. Long Berserk, yeah. And it was a Sounds really cool. awesome statue. It was like like just it was like last year. I was uh, like, I was going through all my stuff, and the head broke off completely. So it was like oh. worthless. And I paid like eighty <laughs> bucks for that thing. And it how just much, it made wait, me so sad. Hear, how much did you pay for it? Like eighty bucks. It was okay. it was like sixty or eighty bucks for that I thing. It was like, like it was. Point. It was yeah. really like really like nice, but then just like the head just like broke off because like from like moving and stuff, it ended up in a box and it just like broke. Um, mm-hmm. That same that same day, I'll, actually, I I I, I stole uh, a statue of Puck. From Berserk, what? yeah, um, and at the same and, at the same. No, it was Anime North, and apparently the, they shut wow. down the convention hall for like, or like the vendor area for like an hour because someone had like reported something that got stolen. It was literally like a five dollar statue, and I just didn't have any money, so I was like, the, like one of the guys I was with was like, "Dude, just like take it. They're not looking. Like they weren't paying attention." Damn, like, you got peer pressured, and then you. So uh, we're not releasing this podcast anymore because I think the I just, police oh, are still after that. Yikes. This is like fifteen. <laughs> wow. Years. Who cares? I think they okay, recouped okay. their losses big time um, on that one. But yeah, it was, it was just really funny because I like, I like, as I was walking in, I saw like there were like security guards and like cops walking in also or as, as I was walking out. So then, like I got back to my hotel and like I was just chilling there and everyone came in. They're like, dude, like, like, did you shut down the fan? You shut down Anime North for like an hour. Hope you know that. And I was just like, nice. Holy. <laughs> wow. I was not expecting you know? your uh, your Berserk story statue to be like you were on the run from the cops, but yeah. that's I mean, cool. Oh, that was a I was... twist I did not expect. Huh. <laughs> I like to keep uh, I like to keep it interesting, you know? It was, uh, the... And that was my first fan expo ever. Uh, wow. Not, sorry, not fan expo, Anime North. Um, which actually kind of breaks my heart now because Anime North is such a cooler like convention than like fan expo. Like I would I wouldn't have any qualms about stealing from fan expo. I guess I shouldn't. Ha- I should have quality. You take that back, now, sir. But like, <laughs> I love Fan Expo. But like, Fan Expo is just like, um, wow. Okay, well, right. but, you know, it's individual uh, this... vendors who pay money to be there. Yes. Yeah, but I mean, they're like hosing people all weekend. Like, I don't really care. I because you know what? Because I'll never forget it. Because at the same time, it was like I was like you know what? it was like it was like a year or two later. I, I, no, uh, no, 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 I'm going to say this, okay? Because they're all a bunch of shysters, and I don't care. It was like, what? Like, the year, wow, the year I don't like this. After, um, I went over, and they had, like, the, 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 the vendor that's like, was selling, like, used games and stuff, and some guy... Oh, okay, was, yeah. Okay. Sorry, continue, not, continue. Not, I'll, I'll, like, I'll let you have your outburst. Not, like, used games, but, like, retro games, right? And so, like, yeah. this, this, I was standing there, I was, like, pro- like browsing through the games, and what the, this guy picks up a, this guy picks up a copy of, like, the, like, The Legend of Zelda and, like, the gold cartridges. He's looking at it, he's like, oh, this is so cool, this and that. And the guy who's, like, selling, he's like, oh, yeah, you know what, like, you, you should grab that because I've had a lot of people looking at it and they're rare, blah, 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 which they're not. Like, they're actually, the gold cartridges are actually not rare at all. But, like, like he, he, well, they're, they're actually more, they, Nintendo printed more of the gold cartridge than they did the actual gray cartridge, so the gray cartridge Zelda oh. Are worth more than the gold ones, but that's neither here nor there. So he like he basically talked this guy into buying 
this like this gold cartridge Zelda for like like thirty bucks or something. It's like it's not worth that much. And then like like making it seem like that was his last copy and he should get it right now. And then as soon as the guy walked away, he just pulled out another one and put it back where the where the one was. And I was just hey, like, you freaking guy. Yeah, just steal from this one dude. Okay, but that's okay. First of all, the video game dealers at Fan Expo, you're not going to find deals because it's like it's the classic video games kind of stuff and that. But like, I feel like I've gotten so many. Like, I don't know. I love I love shopping at Fan Expo and giving them my money. The vendors. Yeah, man. The only people. This is like a wild conversation. It's like we're literally in the middle of like a pandemic where a bunch of vendors are like, "Oh no, because there's no cost." Make my money this If only I had five more dollars from a berserk statue that I could do it. Okay. year old Jordan didn't know this was gonna happen. I didn't know this is what my life would be right now. Okay. Okay. But. Jordan but right now. you had one experience where one guy um sort of was like sold something to someone for 30 bucks which honestly is not a lot of money for a cartridge but no, that's um, a lot of money for a cartridge friggin if you if you buy like a like a mario 3 or like a zelda on the nes for anything more than like ten dollars you got ripped off big time but this this guy's probably so happy. He's like, I got the gold Zelda, and those uh, moments are priceless. But that guy is only happy because some vendor manipulated him into being happy. It well, he's probably in a business now. Are you happy? Are you happy, Jordan? Meanwhile, I'm over here with my like perpetual guilt from my bear brick. <laughs> like ten years later, I'm like, oh, wow. man, I hope that guy's not upset. Maybe I would have I would have laughed. Walking so, out there, like with the two dollar rare bear bricks, yeah, I sort made, of bring I, it back. I would have done that as well, Jordan. Like, ah, uh, <laughs> yeah, high five. <laughs> All right, so to bring it back from from uh, debauchery and and uh, stealing, uh, <laughs> Jordan, what what's your what, what's your favorite collectible that you've collected? Um, oh, that's a that's a really a really tough one. Uh, I have a lot. I have quite. I actually do have quite a few. Um. Oh, I really I like my uh, I like my Zelda I like the Figma the Figma statues those were really cool I kept my I got I remember way back in the day and the um the play arts ones I had like Vincent and Sephiroth uh, from Final Fantasy VII but I think I ended up getting rid of those um I kept my like the play are uh, the uh, the Figmas of uh, Samus and Link those were really cool um maybe oh, that's such a that's such a hard question how are you gonna how are you gonna throw that at me? Ten <laughs> seconds. So <laughs> uh, you or, steal mine. or a favorite? Yeah, yeah. Which which bear is your oh, favorite bear? I don't know. I don't. <laughs> and have did you get it for two dollars? <laughs> you know what? I have I have a soft spot for this like kind of a, it was like a throwaway promo item when the Afro Samurai game came out. Uh, it was like a little statue of Afro. That was like so. It was like a pre-order thing at uh, EB, and like one of my uh, ex-girlfriends who used to work at EB like gave it to me. She's just like, here, like, I have all this extra like pre-order stuff that nobody wanted. Like, here's the drawer. Take whatever you want. Wow. And so I took that, that, and maybe the uh, like the light cycle that came with the special edition of Tron Evolution that I purchased. Hmm. Nice. Because it came in like a little case, and it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Is it Actually, wait, wait, wait. I think okay. No, I can answer this. Um, 
it's but it's it's not like it's not like a traditional collectible collectible but it was like the like the collector's edition of halo reach that i got because it came in this like really cool like uh like um unfc like drop package uh it oh, had, yeah, like, I had the, that edition yeah it had like <laughs> the personnel files of all the different spartans it had like dr halsey's journal that had all these like really like intricate drawings and like entries in it like it was so awesome yeah nice well it it also had the word collectors in it so i think it it, it counts for our talk right now yeah, counts. <laughs> uh, but if it didn't have the word collectors i don't know and cole what is what do you, what do you collect if if anything oh god i collect so much shit um uh well past couple days actually i've been able to unbox uh all of my uh comic book collection and uh my hardcovers and first print hardcovers uh on my library shelf and i actually sent uh alex a picture of that uh, a couple days pretty yeah i like to organize it a lot but uh uh other than that i i guess my big one is, is really more connected to the hobby is that i really like building uh gundam model kits Ooh, yeah that uh, is cool I've been... I've, one of my buddies has, like has a bunch of like gundams that he like does the same thing yeah uh i i've kept every single one of my kits which is weird but uh it's it's really interesting to see like that evolution that i've gone of building these things from just straight building them and applying the stickers to i'm gonna full paint this thing with an airbrush <laughs> dedication right there yeah so, like, my, my first kit was, like, a 1-100 high-grade uh, Master Gundam. And I still own all of it. Well, the parts that remain. Because <laughs> it is terrible looking now. There's nub marks everywhere. There's no paint. The stickers have, like, yellowed. I don't even know how that happened. But, uh, yeah, those look nasty now compared to my, my current kits that I build. It's nice you can you can put them next to them and be like, "Wow, look how far I've come." Exactly. I'll, I'll make yeah. a timeline shelf from the first one to the last. <laughs> uh. Uh, but uh, in in terms of my biggest ones, the the ones that hold the most value to me, I think, are my first print hardcovers of Dark Knight Returns and Batman Year One. Nice. Uh, I acquired those uh, back when me and my dad used to work. Uh, at the same place, we worked for a British delicatessen called Spears, and uh, sometimes we'd have to go out and uh, deliver our orders ourselves. So we would go to this really like quaint, small British like cafe with this sweet dear lady at the at the till, and she had just a box of comics like from a huge collection of Batman comics of like Legends of the Dark Knight and. And, like, collections of Venom and all this. And so I just, every time I would go, I would spend, like, 50 bucks just buying up her collection until she had to uh, close up shop. And I said, well, do you have any more comics? And she said, yes, son, I have this this bin left. Would you, how much would you pay for? And I gave her uh, 200 bucks and, and bought Damn. basically her entire collection that she's been had since, like, uh, since she was like a kid or something. It's insane. Action Comics number one, Action Comics number two. Yeah, None of those really gave it her good. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, there were those for sure. And then in terms of my, in terms of figures, uh, I, I usually go to Fan Expo, like when I, when I do go to conventions and stuff, I usually have a mission. 
I usually have like one item that I really want to get. And uh, one year, uh, it was Medieval Spawn 3 from uh, McFarlane Toys Spawn Series 20, I want to say? Yeah, yeah, there it is on the card, 20. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I got that mint on card for like 50 bucks. But the story behind it was that I, w- I was searching uh, the entire dealer floor for it uh, for, for the two, three days the Fan Expo was running. And uh, in the corner of my eye, when uh, I'm waiting for my friends to to meet up with me, I see one guy actually has the figure at a booth. It's in his hands. He's examining it. He's fondling the box. He's questioning the booth vendor. He's like, and, and just contemplating, am I really going to purchase it? And so I, I was just listening in for like three minutes. This is like the sweatiest, nerdiest thing I've ever done. And, and just waiting for the perfect opportunity, the hesitation he puts the box down, puts it back in its slot. The moment his hand leaves the cardboard, here's your $50, <laughs> sir. I'll take that. And the salt, the side eye I received from this man was terrible. Wow. No, I yeah. think you earned the toy, not the side eye. Yeah. Also, yeah, uh, <laughs> you probably earned the side eye, too, though, a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah. Like, you but, know, but, oh, but, like, you know, it's like... You, Snooze, you lose. Yeah, if you release it back into the wild, it's fair game. It's true. Yeah, it's he went fishing. He caught a fish. He's like, I don't really want this fish. And then as soon as he placed it in the water, you just like picked it up and looked him in the face and said, "Yep." You yeah. took a bite out of that fish and walked away. Wrong move, like, sucker. And yeah. so yeah, and I and I put it in a bag and I started walking away, and the immediate salt began to pour from this individual. Why did the hell did you? you? No, just <laughs> why the hell did you sell it to that guy? Oh damn! As I audibly heard as I left the booth, as you're skipping um, away, I was going to like... pay uh, double what he was going to pay for that. Anyone <laughs> exactly. like retail sale knows that when someone says I'll be back to get this, they're never they're not coming back. Even never if they intend back. to when they say it, even when they genuinely mean I promise I'll come yeah. back, the odds of yeah. coming back are very slim. Yeah, and if, it feels weird to say it because, like, you know, you're, you're at a fan expo and you see something and you're like, no, it's day one. I have a certain amount of money. Yeah. I cannot spend it all right now. And you're like, I'll come back. And their eyes are like, like, they may say, oh, okay, but their eyes are like, I'm never seeing you again, am yeah, I? never. And, it, I and it's that like... moment of... Yeah, sorry, finish. No, it's just that moment of acceptance. Yeah, I know. If I say I'll, I'll come back for it, like, I'm 100% lying to you. And, like, yeah. like... I rarely will. I never say I'll come back for it, but I might do the like, mm, I'll think, I'll think about it. And that means like, yeah. I'm not coming back to you. Like the yeah. first Thursday of Fan Expo was when I hit Artist Alley and buy everything I want to buy. Like that's Oh, when it. it's empty. When it's empty, yeah. they still have everything. So you don't have to like have that moment of like, should I wait and check their Instagram in case there's something I want more? There's everything there on the first day. There's not a lot of people around. And then you're good for the weekend. Now, you know, like now I can just. Yeah go to panels and shit and not be like you know i know you can go to artist alley but like you don't have to you don't have to yeah you can like kind of fart around if you're like i really like this candle maybe i want to set you don't have to schlep everything around on like the busy saturday it's already at home all your prints are home already oh that that that's the hardest thing when you go to a fan expo and and my first my first couple times where i would buy a print at the beginning of the day and i was so excited and then having to carry it all day and then carry it on the subway and it never really got home in good condition and i was like Oh, very disappointed, but... I bring, like, a backpack full of those thick plastic sheets. You know what I'm talking about? Those sleeves. Oh, yeah, yeah. I have, like, a backpack of them. And, like, just because I always tell myself, like, I promise I'm not going to buy any lithographs this year. 
and then like 20 minutes into the first day yeah you crack yeah. at fan expo scott and like bigger where, where at least it, comics wise they have a bunch of um artists and writers under the same sort of umbrella yeah and you go by and it's all like the superstars there's just the vendors table and you're like i don't need that batman print yeah. i don't need that like whatever it is but it looks so pretty and it's right there yeah and like oh david finch is there too and it's like oh, i mean you know he's here right. I, I don't I, I can't just like see him on a daily basis so may as yeah. well spend the 50 bucks for for a lithograph Right, because this is like part of like, you know, walk up chat. My So this year, the most recent fan expo, so September, not super recently, I was like, my walls are full. I just got my like gallery wall looking the way I want. Like I'm done. Not one single thing. And then I was there for like 15 minutes and my friend was like, hey, I'm an artist alley if you want to come across to the other side. I was like, all right. First thing I see is Jason Febach sitting there by himself with like a bunch of three Joker stuff, just sketching. And I was like, I'm obviously giving this guy money for a lithograph. Like it's been. <laughs> Hi, Jason. <minutes>. Yeah. <laughs> like he was like wearing a leaf hat. And I was like, of course, I'm <laughs> to his booth. Like there's no universe where I'm not. And then, um, oh my gosh, what's his name? Oh no. Uh, and then, so then I was like, that's okay. It's just one. And then by the end of the weekend on the Sunday, I met up with another friend and he was in line for, gosh an artist whose name escapes me oh my god um and i was like oh, i'll just wait in the line with you and then when i got to the front i was like well i'm obviously not gonna not buy one of his i can't leave the line empty-handed it's yeah. just rude and then he was like i had my notebook and he did um like a sketch in my notebook so i was like well obviously i'm buying oh my god I all right forget his name right now. so yeah anyway uh so yeah, yeah i keep my plastic sleeves because i know who i am that's good. It's it's that acceptance too. Yeah. <laughs> I know who I am, and I'm gonna save myself the five bucks. Um, yeah. On buying a sleeve at Fan Expo. Yeah. Damn. So what I about Fan you, Expo. Alex? What do you well, like, sir? Yeah, what oh, 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 oh! I wasn't expecting this, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, I, I definitely, definitely comic books. But I sort of started off, and I had the, the little Archie Digest, and I just had like a whole, like I don't know, like two hundred of them, right? Like over the years of like, hey, anything I do, anything of any value, or that I'm slightly annoyed at, or like that takes a bit of work, I'd be like, Ma, Dad, can we go to the convenience store and get an Archie comic? And they'd be like, maybe or maybe no, but eventually I got good at it. So a bunch of Archie digests that are now just sitting in my room and taking up a lot of space, but I don't have the heart to like throw them out. And I feel like I'm gonna have that moment, like the Toy Story three moment, where I, I find a child. That sounds weird. Never mind. Um, no, that's where what I, I did. You know, I gave mine all away I to a kid. And it yeah, was... yeah. So yeah, sorry. Yeah, just waiting for that. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> that moment where it's like, okay, well, here's now. Hold on to these Archie comics and um, respect I'll... them. I hate to break it to you, but that moment in Toy Story three, like even in the movie itself, was really weird. Are you? Are, it, it wasn't completely weird. It, no, was, it was. It was it totally weird. Oh. That guy was. The, Andy was supposed to be like in his twenties, going off to college, and he had like that kind of reaction to his childhood toys. Like that's a bit of a weirdo, if you ask me. Wow, you just wrote Toy Story three for me. I was not attached to my toys when I was like going off to college, and I got to get rid of like all this stuff. It's like, well, I'm sorry that Andy's dad left him. Okay, <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Also, also, did you notice how weird? No, I think Andy was just a weird kid. Because did you notice in the in the beginning of Toy Story three, <laughs> where literally every like home movie and photo that they have of that child, there's not a single friend in the in the room. Like it's just him and his toys all well, the they time. Are, like, the theme of the movies. <laughs> But he needs to have some friends. I'm sorry. Like I, He's you know, I kid. my toys too. I played with my toys too. But like, you know, I had some friends. Actually, that's not true. I didn't have a lot of friends. They all left. Oh, very alone. That's okay. 
Oh, well, that's the whole point. Did. You're on this <laughs> podcast now. I don't I, know if you yeah. remember, there's a scene early Still, in it where um, he has a party with a bunch of friends. Okay, yeah, but that was like the first movie, and I mean, they're like implied friends. They retconned that. <laughs> Their parents were friends. Um, yeah, wow. Uh, so next week we're going to talk about happening in his but, head. Next week we're going to take all your favorite films and just destroy them. So, uh, but until then, uh, so the Archie comics were sort of the starting thing, and then of course I got into comic collecting and all that fun stuff. But um, I, I, you know, an artist style, you're walking around and you see art. And this was, I think, my first fan expo. But I had $50, which was like a million dollars back in the day, yeah. um, if you look at you know currency and such. But I was just looking around. I was a big comic fan. And I was like, oh, this is so cool stuff. And I got to this one guy's table. And I don't know who this artist was. But I was flipping through. And he had this gorgeous, what looked like a cover for a published comic. And it was a Wonder Woman cover where she's sort of holding up. Uh, like a like a shattering or falling like Olympus or Themyscira or some sort of thing like that, and it's wonderfully detailed and it's beautiful throughout. And I I, I remember talking to the guy and I'm like, oh, what a beautiful art. He's like, oh yeah, it is. It's a bit expensive though. And I was like, oh, I only have fifty dollars. And then I was walking away. Oh, hey. And then he's like, oh no no, it's okay. Like I didn't mean to guilt this man into giving me this gorgeous piece of art. But at my first fan expo, he sold it to me for fifty bucks. And I'm looking at it now and I'm like, if I was gonna get a piece of art this nice, I think it cost over a thousand dollars. Like it was. A gorgeous piece of art and i don't know who this artist was because he never signed the picture so it might not even oh. be him, him who did it but i don't know who it is and i've sort of been like looking out ever since then to find an artist that sort of matches this but i don't know who it is and that's my favorite collectible but also the one where i'm like who is this person who who sort of gave it to me and was so kind and everything so oh my god post this on twitter and ask the twitterverse i feel like that's that's their thing that's true and now they're all home too so like yeah no excuses for them this feels like um, time but all that to say that i miss fan expo and it hasn't been canceled this year but well, it's been canceled this year yeah, yeah of course they, they canceled the, the x yeah i'm still trying to remember the name of the artist that i was talking about yeah it's driving me crazy oh the uh <laughs> the Batman artist. it's so annoying to me that i can't remember what it is um and so I was looking I at know. Fan Expo. There's always, yeah, there's always so many of them there. Because well, they're I, all from that like one vendor kind of person. Sorry, what, Cole? While I do miss Fan Expo, I miss conventions in general. There's one thing I don't miss, though. I hate Funko walls. Burn them to the ground. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. you know, uh, Lindsay, you mentioned Funko Pops earlier is sort of this like, uh, sort of, I, I don't want to say similar because I don't want to insult you no, uh, to, to the yeah. bears, but Funkos are sort of, when I, when I think of collectibles in sort of a mass market way, I think of Funkos and then I cringe a little bit because I'm like, what do you guys, I, you know, we got like 10 minutes left. What, what do you guys yeah. think of Funkos it, it's, as, as sort of a collectible? I don't like them and I like feel self-conscious about self-conscious isn't the right word i don't feel self-conscious at all i whatever uh about the fact that like i think funkos are terrible and yet i collect something that sounds very similar on its face like bear bricks and kid robots sound uh pretty similar but or i guess metacom toys but i feel like funkos are so it's so weird because they're so so similar but i look at them as like such different things like i think there's nothing that doesn't exist as a funko and like the more something you have the less special it becomes and then i feel like their version just chases or just like more money like i don't think that they're i mean maybe someone's gonna yell at me and be like they're so rare but like are they even more rare i don't know and i don't know how you even begin to collect them because like 
any show you've ever watched, any fandom you've ever had, every single version, it's like, good lord, where do you start? And you can always, like, get them for, like, six bucks. So I'm just like, I don't know. I think, um, I think, like, upon, upon, like, further reflection of, like, (laughs) the the Funko Pop hate that we threw out, um, because it, it, it kind of feels very, like, like, a hipster thing to do now, and be like, ooh, it's so popular like it's it it really is kind of like a good like entry point i think for anyone who like wants to like start collecting like you know you get a you get a funko pop here and there and then you move on to like adult collectibles Um, then i grew up yeah exactly (laughs) but it's i think it's also it's also like a good like the like it's it's a good thing for for i guess non-collectors to have because like you know it, like any like any person who had who's into like a bit of a nerddom who kind of like wants to display it a little bit like might grab a Funko Pop for like you know the Avengers or something like just to say like hey yeah I'm a bit of a nerd too like you know look at my shelf with a couple Funkos on it like they're obviously they're not going to get like hardcore into it and buy like eighty ninety dollar statues like we might but like they got they you know they can have some like nice little display pieces to have just for like you know conversation pieces. Yeah, yeah, I don't hate on Funko collectors. My cousin, two of my cousins are both, like, very huge Funko collectors. Like, one has, like, a dedicated Instagram, and another one, like, decorated his, like, whole basement around his, like, certain Funko displays that he's created. I'm like, power to you. Like, I'm not making fun of that. That's dope. You like it? Awesome. But then I also have this, like, sense of, like, yeah, well. Except you're also the worst, I hope you Mature. Go <laughs> <laughs> my tastes have evolved. Yeah. Bear bricks. I'm yeah. an adult yeah. and I collect bear shaped versions of the thing that you collect. That's adulthood for anyone wondering. <laughs> I'll admit, yeah. I, have, I have two Funkos. I, I have well, two Funkos. Four Funkos, I think. See, yeah, everyone has Funkos, though, right? Zero. It's, 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 it's something that. It, zero. Wow. Cole, how, how many did you used oh. to have? No, zero. A million. Zero. <laughs> okay, all right. And so are you just like not interested in Funkos kind of thing? I just hate how the sculpts look and stuff. It's the soulless little beady black eyes and stuff. Ugh, I don't know. It just doesn't work <laughs> Everyone for me, man. Style. It's, huh? called, it's called brand recognizability. <sighs> I don't brand know. recognition. It, it's just like when when I grew up and like I, I was used to like just like limited articulation figures and stuff. And now as an adult, I, I don't mean to be pretentious, but I think it's going to come across <laughs> that way anyway. It, it, is that like... I love screen accuracy uh, in a figure form. I love articulation. I love accessories. I love all that. that. That's what I like to collect. I think really my stem for the Funko hate is really just because of the one friend that I used to have that wanted to like shove them down my throat of like, oh, look, they're so cool. I collect so many and all this. I'm like, okay, man, can you just calm down with it? Step away from the Funko, sir, please. Yeah. This is turned into an obsession. <laughs> 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 yeah yeah for me it, it, like, i think what you said Lindsay, makes a lot of sense where there's so many that it sort of does diminish the sort of impact of them and yeah. and sort of the similar ice sculpts and, and that kind of stuff um at the same time if you guys were in the room with me you'd see every overwatch funko because right. uh, my brother uh collected them and sort of you know like whenever i was at an eb games and there was a new one i was i would like message him be like hey do you have this one yet and he's like no i don't so i'd get them and now we have all the overwatch ones um, but the reason they're in my room is because he's throwing them all out. So <laughs> if anybody wants Overwatch Funkos, uh, I mean, 
just pay shipping because we have all of them. So, is are, are Funkos worse than Nendroids? Because I really love Nendroids, but like, oh, I love Nendroids. Looking at it, looking at know. the webpage I'm for Nendroids now, it's like they, it's like they're like the Funko of Chibi anime. Oh, like they literally have it. There's a friggin' Buzz Lightyear Nendroid. Like there's everything. They have everything. Yeah. Which, which but is nice. The like, Funko does have everything. Like no matter what you're into, you can get one Funko and be like happy. Um, it's a Batman Ninja Harley Quinn yeah. Android, and she's adorable yeah. and chibi. I'm gonna send this over to Lindsay because she'll love it. I think my biggest problem with with Funko is I, I went to New York Comic Con back in 2015, and there was like a four hour line before the convention started to get the exclusive Funkos for uh, New York Comic Con 2015, and I just sort of looked at people and I was like, guys, they release like 600 of these every day. There's a yeah. con every weekend, like. I just sort of feel for the collectors who are in this to collect them all or collect a certain set and stuff because I feel like it's, I don't want to say exploitative, but it sort of feels like that in many ways, which I mean, a lot of collectible stuff, you can look at it like that. But it, 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 it's just sort of an area where I look at it and I'm like, I don't feel good about this. And then yeah. I look over at my Overwatch ones and I'm like, huh. I feel good about this. <laughs> I have, uh, so one of my little cousins, the one who has the Instagram, he was like, hey, can you get me the Fan Expo exclusives? And I was like, I am on this. No problemo and i had press access so you got to go like an hour or two early so i was like oh my god i'm just gonna go get the funkos and go about my day so i get there like first thing in the morning before expos even open and there's already a million people and like i don't know who any of them were or how they got inside and they're like all yeah, the press yeah i guess and they were like all in line for um so i like stood in the line for a bit so i was like okay sure like whatever um you know, I got nothing to do. I came here just to do this. And they like, all of a sudden, like everyone at the front is like yelling at these poor, like weekend staff who probably were like part of a marketing company that worked for Funko for two days. And there's like these women, like grown adults yelling at these like young boys because they'd run out of lottery tickets before Expo even opened, which like was kind of a bummer. So before Expo opened, they had already given out all the lottery tickets to get a spot in the line. Like it was a line for a lottery ticket to see if you would get into the line. And even if you got into the yeah. line, they could also all be sold out by then. And I was like, this is ludicrous. Like This I'm is capitalism. Like, Hello. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't need that at all. Yeah. So, Consume. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think it's less the figures and more so the amount of figures and sort of like the just the very vibe, uh, personally for it. But you know what? We've we've talked about Funkos, and if you want to know more about Funkos, check out the documentary from 2018, "Making Fun: The Story of Funko." Six point five out of ten IMDb. You might like it. You might hate it. Yeah. That's sort of the Funko guarantee. But uh, to just close this off, uh, I just wanted to sort of go around the table and. Uh, each of you, each of us, sort of say our collectible or thing, our, our sort of white whale, our collectible that we don't have, but we're like, I want that one. Oh, okay. Or one thing. So, um, does anybody feel like starting on that? Anyone have anything in mind? Uh, it's so difficult. I'll do it. All right. So, a big thing, like, I, another huge reason why I only collect the 100% bare bricks is because I can't be trusted to collect something responsibly and I don't have a lot of space. So, I won't let myself get any uh, statues, like all those, like, DC Comics statues and all those um, 
you know, like hot toys. I'm just like, no, Lindsay, you can't have them until you pick only <laughs> one. Like if you can commit that you'll only ever buy one, you can have it. And I really want the, um, it's not a DC collectible. I can't remember the brand. Uh, it's by a Japanese artist, the Nightwing butt statue. Nightwing butt statue. It's going to be the first. It's just his butt? Oh, yes. It's like, I think about it every day of my life. Wow. It's butt just statue. like this Nightwing statue. And he's like, it's Nightwing, but he's like posing, like looking over his back shoulder with his like butt popped. He's got a finger oh, in the butt. air. Yeah. Oh. And he's kind of doing yeah. the, like, yeah, come hither stare with his finger on the, it. The statue, it's the new Ikemen figure line. Yes. It's, oh, it, it's, it's Kota Bukia. Oh, of course it's Kota Bukia. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, wow. Uh, yeah, I think about this... Nightwing all day, every day. Wow. As as everyone should, honestly. No um, and if you are feeling generous, uh, send the statue <laughs> to um, CG Mag Online, CG Magazine offices are located in Niagara Falls. And, uh, yeah. And, no, you know, I'll honestly... Get four. We I think we each want one. Yeah. So, yeah. Dibs on the um, first one. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> one. Oh my god, you can take off his mask so you see his eyes. Yeah, damn. and there's different like variants with like slightly different it's oh my god. I can't, can you, I can't you talk, talk about, about it. it. What? I'll, I'll take the horror Bashonen ones instead. The female versions of Jason and Freddy and Pennywise. Ooh, okay. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> this is getting too wow. yeah. There's lots of collectibles. <laughs> um the you know the, the one collectible thing I've always wanted that I never I I and I I really should have got it but like I didn't because you know it was just like at the time I didn't have the money to spend on it um it was like a like a little while ago when Toy Story was like liquidating or uh, Toy Story when Toys R Us was liquidating a lot of their um, Star Wars collectible stuff they had the uh, the Force FX lightsabers like radically discounted at like like sixty percent off. And uh, I, I I always really wanted the Kylo Ren lightsaber, but at the time I didn't have like like I, I couldn't justify spending like even like 120 bucks on like what is like a like like 250 dollar lightsaber mm-hmm. um, without getting yelled at by my significant other. So I was just like, no, I can't get it. And now like all that stuff is gone, and so it's like they're really like difficult to find. Um, but there's actually even a more intense kylo ren lightsaber it's like the force effects like black series that has like a special button on it so it like makes like like uh like the lightsaber blade like light up to like reflect blaster fire or if you like touch it to the ground it like like fizzles against the ground it's like really intense but it's uh it's income i don't have right now to drop on on a lightsaber that's fair Mm -hmm. cole watson I think mine doesn't exist yet. <laughs> wow, that's all right. No, what, what, what I mean is that there is one that I want, but it doesn't exist in the line yet. Is that uh, I, I really love collecting uh, Godzilla figures as well, so I'm into like NECA's Godzilla line as well as the SH Monster Arts. Uh, but the one character I'm waiting on is Orga from Godzilla 2000. So whenever he comes out, that's that's going to be my white whale for now. Wow. Well, it's good that you know it. So when it goes on sale at EB Games for sixty percent off, you can swoop it up, you know, yeah. or, or Toys R Us. Oh, the um, Monster Arts ones will cost like three hundred, so hopefully sixty percent off. Would really damn. dig that. Damn, damn, damn. This whole yeah. like, discussion reminded me that I'll never have the four hundred percent size Spock bear brick, but like I have the hundred percent, and it's good enough for me. But that is 2010, it? yeah, the 400, percent the only one available on eBay is two thousand oh. dollars. 
you know? Wow. If Whenever. anybody would like to send uh, 400% Spock Bear Brick to CG Magazine, please do. Or if if, if Bear Brick, uh, do they do reviews for Bear Bricks? Could you like get oh in on God. that? Is, is that an angle? I don't understand. First of all, I would be so good at it. I'm just saying Bear Brick. I would give you the best reviews. <laughs> Second of all, if they did, there would be nothing that would give me greater pleasure. It would be it's very exciting. Wow. So Bear Brick, thank you for listening. Metacom but toys. also, come on. Lindsay, Travis at chooseyourowndomain.com. I have them all. And, <laughs> you know, I'll be available. Wow. If you need me to uh, review your <laughs> your 2010 release of a 400 <laughs> they re- Yeah, they really want to bring it back is the thing. <laughs> well, uh, someday it will be mine. But I got the 100%, which was very, very difficult to get. So I'm sad. 100% is still the huge one, right? No, that's the 1,000. I, do, I don't have any 1,000s. Okay, so for wait, so 100% is the small one. Yeah, 100% are the teeny tiny guys. They're like, I uh-huh. don't know. I honestly am super bad. Like two, three inches. I don't know. And then the there's like 200%, 400%, and 1000%. There's like a couple 200% and a couple 800%, but they're not really a thing. We don't talk about those, yeah, right? Yeah, 100, 400,000. Thousands are your big boys. Hundreds are your tiny guys. 400s are your like, going to look good on a desk. And people are going to be like, what's that? And you're going to be like, you've never heard of Bear Bricks? <laughs> and you walk away yeah <laughs> damn uh yeah just to I guess close us off my wh- white whale um ooh, i didn't like how i said that word never again but white oh no oh no i'm never coming back but uh it's so i growing up big Yu-Gi-Oh fan uh actually the last fan expo i went to i was able to pick up a the original like 1999 Yu-Gi-Oh dual disc because this guy was just like, like every time I went to his booth, he lowered the price until I got it for like 40 bucks. So I actually did come back. So when, when people say they'll come back to your booth, it's possible. They'll just want it for less money, I think is the message. But um, Bandai Namco came out with this Yu-Gi-Oh! Dual Disc that they came out with, I think, last year. And it like lights up and it has sounds. And it, it's they haven't really made Dual Discs since like 2003. And this is like a modern one with like voice lines. And I don't know, if you, if you don't play Yu-Gi-Oh! I don't think I, don't think I can really... You don't can't really explain or get that, but it's it just looks so good. And whenever you play a card down, it makes a sound, and yeah, it's like three hundred dollars American plus shipping, and they don't really sell it in Canada at all, or even the U.S. It's all imported from Japan. So, again, Bandai Namco, we review your games. <laughs> yeah, um, we are available. We'll I will shill for you. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I won't even have to lie to shill for you, Metacom. Like I will immediately love everything that you release. Yeah generally excited so yeah we did it we talked about collectibles thank you all for for joining this week um where can they find you jordan beardy you can find me on twitter at ninja jordan underscore and on youtube at ninja reviews somewhere there's a cop going got him yeah Yeah. oh yeah (laughs) And, and your address sir uh, unsolved that... case. <laughs> all slip sometime. We'll ask. We'll, we'll ask the editor in chief. I'm sure he has that info. Uh, Cole Watson, where can they find you? Other than the beautiful province of, I'm not going to say, just in case, it's a small province. I guess that narrows it down. I don't uh, want people coming to you. No, it's Newfoundland. I could use some company at Kaiser uh, underscore Watson. <laughs> nice. And Lindsay, where can people find you? Uh, find me on Twitter. Smash Travis, spelled like Traves. Good luck nice. with and- that. Good luck with your spelling, everyone. Yeah. And uh, I'm at Alex Hansiak on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, 
and wherever else you want to find me. Uh, just not in person. It'd be weird if you like said my name as one long thing. But that's it for episode number 312 of Pixels and Ink. We'll be back next week to talk about why Toy Story 3 is a bad movie and why Andy needs more friends. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> Bye.